Hey everyone and welcome back to a new episode of the Road to European Open, episode 9 already. We are less than three weeks out of the race in Ibiza. I'm joined again by Aaron Royal and Tom Bishop. And not with us yet, but will be by the end of the episode, uh, also Mika Note to give us also a quick update about his injury. And uh, yeah, we got, we've got a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, apart from, from our usual training weeks, uh, we also want to talk about the race in Ibiza, especially the start list, um, as it got announced uh, last week. Hey guys, week. Um, yeah, doing okay, uh, thank so you. So yeah, just let's get straight in into it. Grand Canaria, um, to not waste, just a few hours ago. Time. Um, we're, Aaron, we're recording this on a Monday, and, how are you and, doing? And, oh, sorry, Tuesday. Um, and so I yeah, arrived in Grand Canary, ready for a race this weekend coming up, but um yeah, I'll try and get through my week a bit quicker than um, we have. So we have a bit bit more time to actually talk about Ibiza. So, um, yeah, off the back of a pretty solid weekend, started Monday with a, a long aerobic swim, 6K, um, and that was just, yeah, 10 300s, all aerobic with a bit of pool, paddles, et cetera. Um, then an easy 40-minute run and uh, in the afternoon, I had a 90-minute bike ride, so, so a, a short ride, but with um, six, six eight minutes uh, at around about hopefully half Ironman pace or power. Uh, went 314, 317, 326, uh, 308. Ah, yeah, so it was – so, yeah, I mean, I guess Tom and I will talk about it a bit, but uh, there was really bad weather in the UK last week, um, and – so some of these efforts were with a really strong tailwind and some of them with quite a big headwind, hence the varying power between like 314 and then jumps up to 326, then 308. Um, yeah, but they're all around about like that 315-ish average, I'd say, with two minutes between. So um, yeah, short, sharp, so only a 20-minute warm-up into that and uh, yeah, 10-minute cool down to, to finish off on Monday. Off the back of a weekend was pretty solid, but but kind of felt, yeah, all right for, for what it was. Then on to Tuesday was we do our normal uh, swim in the morning, which is a um, heart rate session. Um, Tom might have to help me on this. I think it was 250. Yeah, it was, no, that's right. It was 250s sprint, the first two, uh, and then into three 100s VO2. And the 50s were on, I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, they were 50 seconds, I think, maybe. And the 100s were on 140. Um, and then basically was doing the, the 50s in around about 29 to 30. And then around about 63s and 64s on the, the 100s VO2. Yeah, again, pretty solid. I, I led the session with Jack next to me. And then Tom was on was on the other side. So we were sort of pushing each other. Uh, yeah, it was five sets, I think. Did you say that? Oh, sorry. No, I didn't say so that. So two pays worth of the A2, which is horrible, to be honest. <laughs> it was such a hard set. Yeah, that sounds really tough. Yeah, it was tough. It was similar to a similar session to what we did the week before, although we started with a 100 threshold into three 100s VO2, wasn't it? Um, whereas doing the 250s front end speed just really spiked the lactate. But yeah, solid session, but I was pretty happy with that. Good times. And um, yeah, didn't feel too bad off the back of it. Um, then after that, back home, quick breakfast, and then straight out on the bike for just a 90-minute easy ride. Yeah, not much to that. My Garmin actually died midway through, but uh, I just did a loop that I normally do, do that I know is 90 minutes. 
uh, and then came back, had a, a nap and some lunch and then was on the track for eight 1000s, uh, eight 1Ks with 200 jog between. Um, the the prescribed pace was three tens. Um, I kind of pretty much held that or, or a little bit quicker, a couple of seconds quicker per per K, so like 308s, more or less average. Um, but I'm putting that down to the fact that, again, it was still super bad weather and really windy and I um, – kind of half cheated a little bit. I used three tailwinds and uh, two headwinds. Um, so I made sure that I started. So obviously when you run on the track, you're doing two and a half laps and then 200 jogs. So I made sure that I got three tailwinds on that. Uh, so I'm saying that's why I was a couple of seconds quicker than prescribed pace, but pretty much bang on the whole way through. And um, I believe I, I took some lactates. Uh, it was like after five, 2.1 millimoles. And then after the last, it actually went down to... To 1.8 so um yeah that was obviously pretty pleasing to have like you know running at that sort of pace with definitely sort of sub threshold um values there yes yeah, so that was tuesday done that was a in total a an hour run with uh 16 kilometers um and we went on to wednesday wednesday was um so this is kind of where so uh, like we said at the start i'm, I'm racing this weekend so as of this Wednesday, it's 10 days before the race. This is where it sort of slightly started to back off a little bit. And I know it sounds a bit funny that I'm 10 days out from a race and, and the taper started, but like it was still a solid session. But what I did out, like around that um, was really reduced. So uh, I just did a 2K easy swim, um, which is not what I normally do on a Wednesday. And then a hard bike session, which was four by 20 minutes. And they, it was prescribed to be 335 for the first rep, 330, 325, and 320 uh, with five minutes, four to five minutes between. But again, the like the weather was just insane. Um, and so it almost was reversed. So the power was almost reversed as to what it was meant to be because I, I, I started with a, with a super strong tailwind and just really found it hard to, to hit that power. Um, but then coming back into the headwind, on the last rep, it was, you know, basically what I was meant to do on the first one. So, yeah, 323 for the first one, 320, 328, and 332. Um, and that last one was 33K an hour. So it kind of shows you and there's a fairly flat road, um, but it has some roundabouts, but a fairly flat road. So it kind of shows you how strong the, the headwind was, um, which was quite annoying, even though it sort of helped um, with, the, with the power. It was actually quite annoying. I find it quite interesting that you find it hard to put the power out with a tailwind because I find it easier, personally. I think it's because I ride with a higher cadence, so you just way on top of the gear. I don't know what you think, Freddie. Yeah, uh, I just I wanted to say the same. I also like on a TT bike, I find it way easier um, putting out the power on the tailwind than in the headwind. I I don't know why. <laughs> the, the weather was really grim, so I'm not surprised. To be fair. Yeah, like I I agree. To a certain extent, but like I'm talking, I was spinning out the 50, 10. So on my training bike, that's the biggest gear I've got. Like I was literally at points going over 60K an hour um, with a super strong tailwind. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, I do agree when you've got like a tailwind that's helping you go 50K an hour. Um, it does, feels nice to have like keep on top of the power. But uh, yeah, that day it was actually like really, really strong that I was just kind of spinning out of gears at points. So what was your average for the for the tailwind reps? So 
Some of them I turned midway through, but but the first and the last, so the first and the last, sorry, the first one was tailwind, last one was headwind, all of it. And um, so the first one with the tailwind was 323 power and the last one with the headwind was 332. And then the ones in the middle were like 328 and 320, but they had a mixture of head and tailwind. But I mean uh, the speed for the for the tailwind. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so 40, 46 and a half K an hour. And again, that's not like super fast, but like Tom knows where it is. Um, and so that first one, you have like three or four, three roundabouts where you basically have to stop. Um, so when when you ride in, it's like, yeah, when you can actually, in the parts where you actually ride in for those few minutes after you get around the roundabouts, yeah, you're up to about 60K an hour. Um, so especially when it's a tailwind, you really have to slow down for those roundabouts where when you're coming back into the headwind, you can kind of like judge your speed as you come in to like make sure you get a clear run. But yeah, overall, pretty solid session, but was quite pleased with that. Like yeah, an hour 20 at basically 325 to 330th average um, power. So so pretty solid. Um, and then just finished the day with 30 minutes gym. Yeah, that's kind of like how I mean why the tapers sort of started there, like with a short swim, a bit of gym, still a solid bike. Um, and then on the Thursday was a threshold swim, 5,200 meters, um, and I think it was 15,100s on the 120 cycle. So that was holding around about 68s, I believe, 68, 67s in a 25-meter pool. Uh, and then we had a minute's rest, basically just to sort of regroup and have some nutrition, like fluids, et cetera, some calories uh, before going uh, a 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, or threshold and all on the 120 cycle. And basically held 67s through all of them. Um, again, Jack Willis and I, we actually shared a lane. I went second in the in the 100s and then led the next part. And um, I probably didn't want to swim this hard, but he was having a really, really good day and was basically swimming up my feet almost. Um, so he kind of pushed me to make sure that I um, I kept on my toes. But, um, yeah, no, it was good. It was a good, good hard session and, and glad, like, yeah, was able to still push out some good times, even though I probably wasn't feeling fantastic and maybe wanted to take it a little bit easier. What's the gap you guys do when you uh, share a lane? Like five seconds or 10 seconds? Or you just started straight straight on each other's feet? No, 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 I wish. <laughs> Actually, no, probably not because I'm leading most of the time. Um, ten, a, ten apart. Okay. Pretty much ten apart unless there's four in a lane and then one person goes five apart. Um, yeah, no, it's always always ten apart. So yeah, that was that was the swim, um, and then I had a hour twenty run, where it was a four k warm up. I did this a week prior, actually four k warm up, and then fifteen k at three thirty pace. But um, Dan actually told me beforehand, my my coach Dan Dan Blues, um said, "Oh, try and do it on trails and hilly if possible. So do it more to feel rather than than pace." Um, but as Tom will know, and probably you as well, Freddie, if you're back home in, in Germany, the trails at the moment are still too wet and muddy and slippery. And I just did it on a street circuit. Um, uh, and I was actually going to do half it on a street circuit, then half on the Brownlee Center. But um, the Brownlees, so rude of them, they were actually on the Brownlee Center, their own center. And they booked it out doing some media commitments. So I actually couldn't couldn't get on how rude of them. But um, yeah, so I just finished that on the 
up on the street circuit. So yeah, 15 K at 330 pace. Um, and then just a little warm down to make yeah 21 K. Uh, and then an hour, hour recovery spin in the afternoon. Then on to Friday, easy day on Friday, just 4.7 K of, of swimming. Um, and we did a bit of race specific stuff where we got the a boy in the pool and did some mass starts and, and group starts and, maybe not so crucial for for us racing middle distance but obviously most of the squad are short course so that was like yeah specific stuff for them and just 30 minutes gym in the afternoon on saturday was just three and a half hours aerobic endurance ride um oh and i just had some like i think it was five 30 second seated sprint efforts um nothing too too major in that and then a, a run off the bike where i went um 3k at race pace or perceived race pace 3k at um 345 pace and then 3k again at race pace and that was i think i went yeah 317 for the first one then 342 for the next one and then 315 for the last 3k um and just jogged home made that up to about a 15k run um that finished off saturday and then sunday was just an hour 30 run so yeah, by the weekend, I really started to to back it off um, compared to the previous weeks. So um, obviously Saturday was still relatively solid, but not as solid as, as what I have been doing. And then, yeah, just a, a, a nice endurance run on, on Sunday afternoon to finish the weekend. Oh, sorry, yeah, finish the week. How fast did you go to the easy long run? Um, 4.51 pace. Uh, and that was through, no, it wasn't super hilly. What did I have? Around about. Yeah, it's not that hilly actually 240 meters but yeah it's just like around the trails and like in in leads or people running in the uk you're like you're running through farmers fields and jumping fences and um running on like real uneven surface so unless you pick your routes quite carefully it's quite slow um, and sometimes the, the ones that are slow are probably nicer running and nicer like views and places to run so not super quick in the UK, but it was also meant to be quite easy anyway. So I wasn't really wasn't really bothered by pace. Are you are you running with a with a stride power meter for for the running? I I do have one, but I don't use it. I just got a Garmin, a new Garmin, like two or three weeks ago, and um, that just automatically gives me my power. But I don't think it's very accurate, at least, um, or it's not as accurate or you know the stride and the, the garmin when i have used the stride didn't really sync up so no i don't really look at power on the on the run okay what what are your totals for the week yet yeah sorry i forgot about that um i forgot people love to know totals <laughs> <laughs> but, um so 20 22.8 k swimming 362 k on the bike and 78 kilometers of running and hours wise oof, how quickly can i do mass 5 13 18 23 and a half plus some gym so 25 hours um yeah pretty much 25 hours which is what it's been like the last few weeks all right thanks a lot for sharing aaron solid week let's let's move to you tom how how, how was your week yeah, the week was good. Like Aaron said earlier, the weather was pretty horrendous, especially like Monday to Friday anyway. Um, so I did the same swim as Aaron, so I won't give you the details there. Uh, went out for three hours on the bike, which was 
one of the worst rides I've done just because of the weather. It was horrific. I got so cold and wet and yeah, it was just like just a bit of easy volume, but it felt like five, um, to be honest. Um, then I did a runoff. I went actually went to bed afterwards because I was so like tired and done done with my day. But um, my fiance forced me out to go for a run because it was on the program. So did that and did my my hill sprints, my six second sprints. Um, so. Yeah, that was Monday. No, nothing special, just um, one of the days you just kind of get done. Um, Tuesday was the VO2 session that Aaron mentioned again. I actually did it slightly different because I'm really sensitive to that VO2 stuff. I just get really flat afterwards. So I actually did 50 VO2 for the hundreds and then like 50 thresholds. So I was hitting like 32-ish pace for the 50s and then like finishing in a 107 so like 35 for the second 50 so uh, I just felt I spoke with my coach and I just I just needed to kind of adjust session slightly so just um yeah I don't, I don't know why every time we introduce VO2 I actually get slower at swimming so I just want to be really careful to make sure I don't overdo that energy system um then I did an 8k run in the morning straight afterwards just um easy easy volume just to kind of I guess it almost helps to kind of get rid of all the byproduct you build up during the swim as well um and then in the afternoon I was on the track I did 400 300 200 how many times did I do it five times I think just again I've, I mentioned in the previous episodes I'm just trying to like push the ceiling up and just work on the mechanics and the paces were around about 70 second per 400 so 255 pace um, just really trying to feel relaxed and just work on the running form more than anything. So that was good. Um, again, Aaron said it was it, it was a windy day. It was a tough day. And I think he didn't do himself credit. I just thought it was a slow day, to be honest. So to do the 8 by K, I I thought that was like fair play in those in those conditions. But um, yeah, like the, the track was the track. The track session was good. I had. Uh, Johnny Oki, uh, a young lad from our squad, joined us. So that was kind of nice to have company because often we do loads of sessions on our own. So it's nice to have someone there just to like chat to and keep you on your toes a little bit. Kind of like we've got we've got loads of people in the squad, but swimming swimming's great, but lots of time on the bike and on the run you're on your own. So to have a companion there was pretty good um so yeah that was tuesday wednesday didn't i don't swim on wednesdays just have a lion so went out on the bike did five hours 145k or something but that was i mentioned monday was bad but wednesday was way worse because it was nice rode out it was dry and it was like pretty good pace but it was a nice tailwind turned around literally sleet in my face uh, 20 mile an hour headwind, so 30 kilometers an hour plus. Um, I was supposed to, to kind of do a bit of a tempo effort on the way back, but I just couldn't feel my hands. What time did you head out? Because I, I went out in the morning and it was, I got, I, I must have got pretty lucky. So I rolled out at like 10. Um, I went northwest up to like past Buckton. Um, I mean, none of the listeners know what I'm talking about. Um, 
but it was like dry all the way out and literally as I turned around it started to rain and then five minutes later it was like sleet I couldn't see more than like 100 meters ahead of me from the cloud and the, the rain and everything so I thought oh maybe I'll warm up if I get if I do some tempo I'll get warm but I literally got colder and colder and by the time I got home I like I couldn't open the door couldn't take my helmet off had to get Sean to take my helmet off my gloves off I was like so cold it was it was horrendous but um yeah had to have a bath and then went running afterwards um I mean I don't have too much sympathy there I know um Tom loves going up the valley and so again not unless you're from the UK won't really know these roads but the valley is notorious when the weather's not good um it just will piss down on you the whole time and so I'm sure had you checked the weather, you probably would have seen that up the valley was pissing down with rain and maybe over the other way was all right. Mate, I've got four weather apps and I check the weather. <laughs> I check the weather like four times a day um, and it wasn't supposed to be as bad as it was. Um, I knew I was going to come back into a headwind, but I didn't realise what it would bring. So, yeah, it, it was a rough day, um, but I finished off with a 10K run, um, which warmed me up. Well, the bath warmed me up, and then I felt quite hot for the run, which is good. But I put, like, waterproofs on and everything, so I was quite sweating by the end. Um, but, yeah, that was Wednesday. Just one of those days where you just kind of want to retire from the sport. It was that bad. I was literally showered into the wind and rain, like, just, just get fucked, basically. I was so, so annoyed. But, you like, when you're tired and you've done a lot of training – you just get emotional about these sort of things so it was one of those days where I look back on even now I'm like yeah that that probably did you some good in the end just a bit of kind of mental toughness and things like that so yeah Wednesday was good but I knew even when I finished the day, I was like that's gonna affect the rest of my week um so going into Thursday I did the swim as normal um Aaron mentioned the session earlier I'm more like just holding 70s for the whole session. Uh, that's like my kind of threshold effort. Um, went out for a, a run with my fiance, who did 10K around the trails. And as I mentioned, I, I knew I knew I was going to be tired from Wednesday. So I just did an easy ride instead. Um, spoke with my coach. We shift the session that I normally do on a Thursday to Friday. Um, just because I didn't want to dig a hole like you're susceptible to getting ill when you've like been in that sort of state so um yeah just uh played it pretty easy on Thursday and I was glad I did because Friday did a swim Aaron mentioned it again did some boy practice I um I love the inside line and a boy so I was literally just kind of getting right in the thick of it and just like inside line every time so it's it good to practice because if you haven't raced for a while then you you get to the first boy and there's a lot of people there. It just, it can kind of freak you out a bit. Um, I mean, thankfully I've raced already twice this year, but um, for the guys who are doing short course in our squads, it's good practice for them because obviously it's way more dense at the first boy. So yeah, I actually really like that session. And we mentioned about sprints previously on a Friday. It actually gives you a bit more motivation to kind of commit to it. So um, pretty happy with that swim, got out on the bike, pretty quick afterwards and did um I chose a hill because like, again looking at the Ibiza course we're like riding up the hill for part of the part of the course so I did uh, five by 
I think it's five minutes 40 up the climb is um 40 20s but I was practicing in the TT position and then on the on the base bar um it was a headwind so it was a bit slower um but I found the base bar was actually quicker by about a k an hour however I'm I think with a tailwind it'll be different it's just obviously we're one direction out and I'd be one direction back so it might be kind of interesting to see how how it is when we're out there like I'll test the course a couple of times see what the uh, see what it's like in in position and on the uh, on the base bar but uh, at which speed was that that you were fast in the base bars uh, I was all right so it was a five percent gradient just under and I was at 30 30k and a half for the base bar 29 for the TT um, but it was like a what would it be 20 22k an hour headwind so it wasn't a fast day really um but yeah it, it was just interesting and I could obviously you produce more power in the base bar but the heart rate stayed, stayed the same so it's just It was just an interesting experiment that I did just to keep myself interested if I didn't enjoy the session. And then I finished finished the day with just an easy run. Um, I can't even remember how far I did, actually. Let me check. In fact, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It was just an easy run. Um, Saturday morning, did a, a long run. Well, it was like a four, four or five K warm up. And then I did 20K at three forties. Um, just out along the canal back on the canal so thankfully it was quite a nice day um it's actually really humid so I got quite sweaty but yeah just just getting in the miles and trying to like improve my leg strength so yeah that was it was actually really enjoyable just to kind of run at a pace where it's not really that hard and it's only the last couple of k that really really get fatigued do you do you take a lot of nutrition on that run or do you just go without I um I just wake up, have a coffee and a bagel, and then just go. I don't take any nutrition there. It's it, it theoretically it's under the, it's at at or just under the first threshold, so it shouldn't. I mean, I don't really think I need to, to be honest. Um, but yeah. What shoes are you wearing when you're doing this long uh, threshold runs? Uh, I use the just some normal training shoes, the Cloud Go, if you know those ones, Freddie. Just the just a normal kind of I have a, I have a pair but I, I never run in it <laughs> is it good oh I, I I use them on track and for the long run I I don't like to use carbon shoes for training just because in the past when I've kind of used those sort of shoes I've picked up like calf niggles and stuff so I just want to keep keep like the carbon shoes for racing and I just do run off the bikes if I'm going to use the carbon shoes um, well, I guess Tom just answered that, but Freddie, do you have like a rule as to when you use carbon and when you don't, or is it just based on feeling? It's like when I need uh, some extra motiva motivation <laughs> for the session. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, but, but right, right now, I mean, I, I can talk about it when, when we move on to my train, training, but, um, like now I try to mix it up for the, for the big sessions, um, that I do a half with training shoes and a half with carbon shoes. But uh, but also I also try to limit limit I try to limit it for sure. I um I just quite like it when I'm running in normal shoes and people are in carbon shoes and I'm like, ah, oh, they just get an extra couple of seconds. <laughs> um, but no, that's just purely for my psychology, nothing not, not for anything else. But um, yeah, so that was Saturday. Um, Sunday did uh, 
16 or 17k easy run that was at like five minute k's or something just just really steady around the trails with a few of the guys who we train with the leads like i don't get to train with them very often so it's actually nice to kind of go out for an easy social run with them and then i did a bike session in the afternoon and again going off friday it was a similar sort of i just wanted to kind of figure out like how the course would be in ibiza so i chose like i did i did like a two-hour warm-up just steady and then a little bit of like tempo to warm up and then i chose a route where it was like um kind of a fast gradual uphill and then downhill to finish and like me and my coach were like we're really interested is like what power can you hold downhill or how does the power change etc and then i i did three reps of that so i did one out one back and then um sorry one one back one out one back or whatever so three reps of about well 18 minutes I suppose um and again they were like again I've been talking about 40 20s because that's just what I do for my sessions just 40 20s and zone two basically um so it was interesting like power dropped going downhill obviously as you'd expect um but I was experimenting with cadence as well like is it faster to ride in your biggest gear with I don't know a cadence of I think I was looking at like 100 or if I dropped it down again and went to 110 what was the speed change and I actually went quicker with a higher cadence going downhill um again that might just be like short course efficiency because we tend to race with a slightly higher cadence um and again it was a really good day with conditions so not much wind so I was able to like hold decent pace up the climbs and um in contrast to Friday I was quicker in the TT position up the climbs and on the base bar in like in neutral conditions so obviously if if I beat is good then I'm imagining everyone's going to be in TT position for as long as possible except like the steeper gradients that we encounter but um yeah I was really happy with Sunday session it was probably the best I've felt on the bike in well I messaged my coach it's best I felt on the bike in years so that's kind of good news just don't want to jinx it now obviously but um yeah that was that was the week uh and yeah I'm pretty happy with it considering like what we had to do within these with the weather um and I was just like just get through this week then it's like you can start to kind of look forward to the race start to back it off and like I feel like the work's kind of getting done now so I'm just kind of really happy with what I've done so the week, well, you you know your totals. Oh yeah, totals. Sorry. Um. <laughs> so on the swim, I, I actually didn't clock all my swimming. Um. I just kind of forgot what I did. So I, I'd say roughly around twenty k, uh, or twenty thousand meters for swimming. Um. On the bike, uh, I don't tend to do hours. Um. I did uh 690k on the bike is that right oh i wasn't expecting that i think it was about 18 hours or something and then the run what oh no sorry it was 660 um for the bike and then the run was 103k i think i, I don't know how many hours around but yeah i just i kind of clock distance over hours generally um and tss was the 1500 um 
if people are interested in that. So yeah, I've just got my uh, training peaks graph up and gave you the numbers. So yeah, it was uh, 30-ish, 32 hours or something. So yeah, pretty solid week. Um, yeah, quite happy with that. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Tom. And then let's move on to my week. So for me, it's uh, it was week two in Attitude and Forumer and uh, started with a run session in the morning um, on the track, which was uh, three by 3K. Um, so yeah, 3K warm up, And then uh, the first two 3Ks I did uh, with training shoes, so no carbon. And I ran those in yeah, like 328 minute per kilometer. So just really controlled, didn't want to, to push anything there for the first threshold session in attitude. And um, oh no, for the second one, I actually did 3.2K because it was easier to get back to the, to the same place uh, just to check my lactate. And my lactate for the first two were uh, 3.7 and 3.8. So yeah, it was pretty much spot on uh, threshold for me. And then the last one, I put on carbon shoes and I ran about um, yeah, 325 minute per kilometer pace. So a bit quicker with, I think, yeah, it was six beats, a lower heart rate. And my uh, lactate went down to 3.1 millimole. So that that's, was quite interesting. That's why I tried to mix it up now with the, with the carbon shoes during the session. Um, because it's definitely really interesting. You can get some really interesting data uh, from that. Also, like always checking my metrics on, on the stride, how my uh, run mechanics changed when I put on the carbon shoes. Would your stride length increase? Does the cadence stay the same and just the stride length increase? Or how, how does it affect you? Uh, yeah, more or less. Um, so I'm actually mixing up between uh, two different carbon shoes. Uh, so, yeah, for one, it's more like um, I have a yeah, longer stride length and... Um, also like higher um this LSS score uh at, at the stride. Anyone who has a stride knows what I'm talking about. And um yeah, you also have even lower lower power, but I think that more that depends more like how um yeah, how soft the foam is, as softer the foam is, as lower the power is, I think. Like because always when I'm running a really like hard shoes. Um, I have a really high power on the stride, even though it doesn't feel like uh, higher. So yeah, it's I can really get too much into into details here. Uh, so I don't want to talk talk about it too much. But anyone uh, yeah who's interested in that should definitely get a stride and and try it out and yeah check how the mechanics change. So uh, yeah, that session was sixteen k overall, and uh, then after that I had a threshold swim set was three by eight times 100 meter. The first set was at uh, a 120 interval. And I swam those in uh, 114 to 113. Um, then the second one at the 125 interval, uh, same pace. And I actually checked lactate there as well. After the first eight times 100, uh, I had 4.4. So it was a little bit over threshold. Obviously the, the rest was quite short, just like uh, six to seven seconds. And interesting thing, like for the second uh, set, which was at 125, so just five seconds more rest, I had just 2.8 millimole lactate. So yeah, that was def that definitely felt immediately a lot easier, even though it just at five seconds, five seconds rest. And then the last set, I uh, did it at 130. 
and I swam those in uh, a little bit faster directly in, in one eleven, and my lactate was four point one after that, and four point three k overall for the session. Sounds like your clearance is pretty good though. If you can drop that amount of lactate with just five seconds, so fair, fair enough. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I think especially in attitude, it's like uh, I think it's less rest you do, or as longer the interval is, your lactate just starts to go higher and higher. Uh, so it's I think it's good to do sometimes uh, shorter intervals just to keep up the the speed or the power, and then also have some more rest than you would have on on sea level. And then in the afternoon uh, on that day I just had a fifty nine k one hour fifty two um, easy ride, which was yeah never mind uh, two two hundred watts average. So then the, the next day, um, I went down to the to the lake, which is at uh, 1, 000, just over 1,500 meter, and did a one and a half hour long run there in uh, 4.11 average pace. So like a little bit quicker aerobic pace. I like to do my long runs um, a little bit quicker, so not like too easy. Um, I think I might have saw this on Strava. You basically just did, you've got so many nice trails there. And you basically just ran around the lake, no? Yeah, it was it was my uh, first time there at the lake. So um, I really loved the, the loop around the lake. So it's just basically the, yeah, more or less three loops around the lake. Because, <laughs> you know, there's like, there's like loads. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also wanted to, to keep it flat as well. So, yeah, because I think when you go to it on the trace, immediately you can get some, uh, yeah, some elevation there. Then in the afternoon, I had a um, harder bike session, uh, three hour, 13 minutes, and the uh, intervals were 10 times uh, 30, 30, so 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds, which was actually not easy. I had to do the um, easy still at 300 watts, and then the same uh, five times 45 um, hard, 75 easy. And then uh, the back of that three by eight minute uh, threshold and my power. So I don't know like which power I exactly did for the 30 seconds, but the average power for the 10 minutes was 394 watts. And for the 45, 75, the average power was 370 watts. So basically it was like 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe for Tom and I anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, this I did uphill and also in, in base bars, so I can produce the power easier. And um, actually, the 300 watts really felt easy that day. So my, my heart rate went really low, uh, low again. And so I think the 30 seconds I did probably uh, like at 480 watts and the 45 seconds, like at 460 or 470. And yeah, and then the easy at like 300 watts. And then the three by eight minute, um, threshold I did at uh, 368, 69 and 69 watts. But it was all um, under 1,500 meter altitude. So basically sea level. <laughs> <laughs> and and those, um, those eight minutes is also uphill or slight uphill? Uh, yeah, I did it, but I did it in error position. Yeah, it was slight uphill, but uh, I did those in error position, like slightly uphill. Which is always kind of, kind of weird when you're going like, don't know, 25 kilometer per hour in air position and pushing hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's something interesting. 
I find um, 25k an hour for me, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm quick in the baseball. But obviously, if you're trading in the position, then fine. But what do you guys have a speed where you think you're quicker in the baseball or the TT position? What, what do you guys reckon for, for yourselves? Um, so, so actually, like I wouldn't mind if I even if I would have gone 18 kilometer per hour, I would have done it in Aerobus just to practice it. So I didn't really go there for to go as fast as possible, just to basically practice aero position and push power in aero position. Um, but usually I go for like 22, 23 kilometer per hour. So until that, I go in aero position and just under that, I, I go into base bars. Um, but it's more, I never really checked uh, actually which is faster. Obviously, I'm all, until that point, I would say I'm producing less power in aero position. Uh, so, and I always just try to go, yeah, where try to do that where I produce less power and not really going for feeling or which is which feels better or feels easier. Mm, I, I think, um, like I'm probably the same with Freddie, I'll, I'll try and stay in the in the aero position as much as I can, but it, it depends. Like sometimes you might not lose out and it might be an opportunity for you to just stretch the back a little bit, kind of get out of the position, you know, stretch for a bit. Um, so that's kind of like if I feel like, you know, if you ride in within like you know, a group or something or with a few people, um, I might use that opportunity to sort of stretch a little bit, even though you still might be faster staying in the position. It just depends on the race scenario, I'd say, for me. I mean, just as a reference there, Ironman 70 Bruce Championship in uh, St. George. You know, I was um, most of the time riding behind Christian Blumfeld. And while I was, being in aero position on basically every hill apart from uh, snow canyon because it's more or less like rolling hills um, not so steep he was always going out of the saddle and going the whole uh, uh, <laughs> hill uh, and standing I think he was probably producing like 100 watts more <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was that was really crazy yeah he, well he, he does like to get out of the saddle like a lot Christian I've done I haven't done a lot of training with him, but I, yeah, I remember doing a couple of sessions with him where we were going uphill on the bike and always out of the saddle. But I think, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he's, his position isn't super aero anyway, so he might not be losing out that much by standing up and compared to, to riding in the base, but I don't know. Sorry, in the aero position. So then on Wednesday, I had an easy day, just um, 4K easy swim. And then on Thursday, I had another threshold day, uh, starting with a track session, which was uh, three times, five times, 500 meter with a 200 meter easy jog between, but all at a uh, threshold pace, which I did in, I think, yeah, here the first two sets again with without carbon shoes. Um, and I went like, yeah, 317, 316 um, per kilometer. So we have 138 for the uh, 500s. And then the last set uh, with carbon shoes, I did just a little faster, went to yeah, 315 per kilometer. But also again there, um, after first set, my lactate was 3.7 and this, after second one, 4.3. And then for the last set, which I did faster and then with, with carbon shoes, um, I had 3.4. So again, really interesting how the, how the lactate drops. <laughs> And after that, again, a threshold swim where I did um, two times, six times, 200 meter at a 250 interval. 
the first set I um, did all in uh, 228. And for the second set, I did all in 226 and the last one in 223. So yeah, the last one probably wasn't threshold there anymore. <laughs> but I felt really good. I wanted to push a bit on the last one. Actually, yeah, I didn't check check my lactate there, but I remember my heart rate was pretty low, pretty low. It could be because being tired from from the track session, obviously, but also um it but it also felt low. And that's usually a sign for me that um it's not from tiredness. So when it also feels quite low and I feel feeling really good. I think maximum heart rate here only had uh yeah, one seventy-eight for that for that last one and two twenty-three, obviously. Is that in a over in the fifty? Yeah, I I always do long long course here. Yeah, I always try to do long course, especially in eighty two to twenty five is is probably harder. <laughs> yeah. Because of the turns. Mm. And then again I had uh, in the evening a one hour fifty two minute two hundred watts um cooldown spin, which I did indoor. Then on Friday, um I started with another threshold swim uh in the morning, um, which was overall five point two K. So a bit longer longer swim. And the set was uh, two times hundred, two times two hundred, four times four hundred, two times two hundred, and two times hundred. It was all at a one twenty-five per hundred meter uh, interval. And the hundreds I swam in in one thirteen, then the two hundreds in two twenty-nine, the four hundreds in in four fifty-nine, and then the back two uh, hundreds in two twenty-eight and hundreds in in one twelve. And also check lactate there just to control the intense intensity. And it was, yeah, I checked after the first two hundreds where it was three point two. Um, then after two four hundreds it was three point six, and after four four hundreds it was uh, still three point six. Uh, so yeah, just per perfectly threshold there. Uh, then in the afternoon I had a um, indoor bike session with a three times 20 minutes at race pace or at least like which would be race pace if the race would be uh, here in attitude <laughs> and uh there so i did the three times 20 minutes at 310 watts and it, it's it's funny how when you are staying below threshold in attitude i think it actually feels easier than on uh, on on sea level, or it feels actually the same. Let's say the same uh, relative effort than on sea level or the same pace. But as you go to threshold or over threshold, it feels a lot harder. So it's just from from my experience there. Yeah, you just it's just the oxygen, isn't it? Like if you go over threshold, you you need the oxygen to kind of like clear the blood yeah. and all of their kind of physiology that I'm not going to explain here. But if you're underneath it, then I've often found at altitude like you can actually. Yeah, you can you can go as normal as you would at sea level, but it's just yeah. as soon as you go a threshold, it's just yeah, it, it tips you over the edge, doesn't it? You've got to be really careful. Yeah, I I think like there's it there's, it's a really fine margin as well. I don't know about you guys, but like I've done long sort of tempo runs, especially, and it might be a build run every twenty minutes, and like it might be that only the difference in a couple of seconds per k. As soon as you go over that edge, it's like no, and it's really hard to come back from. Um, but like like Tom was saying, on that earlier paces, you don't notice the difference and what you were saying as well, Freddie. But I find like, yeah, if you get it wrong and just slightly go too hard, it's like, yeah, you really you really struggle to come back from it. 
Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. I think even under threshold, you still have to be be careful. Um, or if even if you're feeling it easy, because I was checking lactate, and um, so this 310 watts here basically felt the same like 310 watts at sea level, but my lactate was uh, 3.2, 2.6, and uh, 3.0 after the 20 minutes. So I would never have that high lactate for 310 watts on on sea level. So it's it's definitely still good to control the intensity there, even though it, it felt easy and the, the heart rate was low as well. And I had a run of the bike, um, which I did on the treadmill. Sadly, the the only big treadmill here um, was full, so I did it on a really small treadmill. It was really uncomfortable to run on it, and it also got really hot. I had yeah, where I did fifteen minutes at uh, three twenty nine uh, per kilometer, but it was definitely a little too hard, um, especially because it got really warm there. I think actually my heart rate went up to 180, yeah, 185. So definitely a little little bit too hard. And then just like five minute easy, so 20 minute run of the bike. And then uh, the next day, um, I had a one hour 10 easy run in the morning, 16.4K. And then uh, a long ride, which was four hours 44 minutes where i did some yeah some really nice climbs with the tt i actually took only uh, 30 grams of carbs there per hour but um on that day i felt i would have need need definitely more like at the end of the ride i was just so empty and i didn't feel it it was, it was any benefit or it was good for me do you um do you take emergency food like do you make sure that you have a bit extra in case on that day it just wasn't enough um i think i don't know yeah usually yeah definitely i bring emergency um food not not too much though i think maybe i even had a little bit more at the back there but i think once you're um empty it's kind of hard to recover especially on those long rides mm. and yeah it was also like with, with all the climbing you're obviously going a little harder than uh than you should be or what is prescribed for these 30 grams of carbs per hour so yeah that was definitely not enjoyable that last last hour there i think my my, my normalized power for that ride was uh 238 watts and it was quite a hilly ride with almost 3000 meters of elevation but it was still nice uh explored some nice climbs and then on sunday I had an easy day again um which with a 4.2k um easy swim and there I felt really, really, really bad. So I definitely felt a huge, this huge uh, calorie deficit. I think I had uh, from the day before. So there's also just, just to remember to eat also for the for the next sessions, because uh, if I think if once you're empty, you will feel bad for the following sessions as well for the following day. So yeah, that was my week. Let me just check my totals. Oh yeah, yeah. So my swim was twenty two k. Um, bike was uh, 14 hours, a run was 76.7k. Um, actually, I also have a half an hour of uh, core work, which I did um, in two sessions before the swim, like as a warm-up. And overall, yeah, 25 hours and 19 minutes. So yeah, pretty solid week and definitely with, uh, with a lot of intensity. So therefore, the training stress score was... Also high with one thousand five hundred, which is 
equal to, for example, a week I had in Girona where I actually trained 29 hours. And now I had the same training stress score with 25 hours just because of the attitude and also some, some more intensity. It's definitely interesting to, um, to see, to compare the training, training stress scores um, over, the, over the weeks. Solid week, Freddy. Yeah, well done, man. Well done. Thanks. So we got uh, Mika now here. How are you doing, Mika? Hey guys, uh, good to be back. Sorry for for the delay. Uh, I just had a training ses session with some new training mates, so now I'm uh, always joining the grannies for some aqua jogging <laughs> uh, and chasing them. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So slowly they get to get to know me. Uh, they they recognize me, uh, talk to me. Uh, but I I feel like they are really fast at aqua jogging, so I'm I'm super slow. I'm like, or at least I feel super slow. I I need like six minutes uh, per hundred meter for aqua jogging. Uh, the yeah grandmas they are uh, at like four thirty pace, uh, but I think they are cheating with their hands, so they are always pushing the water back with their hands. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> just wanted to say is in aqua jogging it really really depends on what your technique is <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah it's uh i do it quite a lot now but besides swimming um yeah i i basically finish every swim session with like some aqua jogging and sometimes so just like today i even drove to the swim swimming pool a second time Sorry to interrupt me, uh, if you, uh, I think Jack did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with JR, who's the new sir, mm. swim coach, who, who kind of looks after Jan's program, and he, he's, he, he loves aqua jogging, I think he prescribed mm. Jan some ridiculous aqua jogging sessions, so mm. it sounds like you can keep yourself really fit with that sort of thing, so yeah, I'm sure you're doing a really good job there, definitely. Yeah, uh, I hope so. Uh, actually, I'm personally not... Uh, one hundred percent convinced yet. Um, so uh, last year I didn't do it at or not at all, but just did like three sessions. Uh, I think because I felt yeah I didn't benefit from it at all. But this year I yeah tr I try to um play around with technique a bit bit more, and uh yeah uh hope to hope to get a benefit because i mean this year it's going to take longer un until i can come back to running and last year i also could cycle very very soon again um, but this year it's also taking a bit longer uh, so yeah i hope it's gonna make a difference and i was positively surprised when i checked heart rate um for for a session uh, i think three days ago so yeah there was like uh, joining the grannies and actually w wearing like a proper heart rate monitor <laughs> i felt so bad <laughs> but yeah the the heart rate was at one at uh, 125 um so higher than than i expected i mean of course i'm probably very unfit uh, but but still um it's still a yeah pretty decent effort and i would have expected it to be lower um so yeah uh, hope to get like both some bit of run specific work but, but also some cardio work there i think um Aaron, I reckon Nan's got some wicked aqua jogging sessions because I know she gave me a few and I know she's done a lot in her time. Uh, and you can get your heart rate super high. You just have to like, just forget about what you're doing and just like thrash in the pool. But um, you, if, if you get the sessions right, I reckon you could watch it if you really wanted to anyway. But obviously you've got a plan. So just keep doing what you're doing. But 
if you need anything, I reckon non Stanford will be able to offer you a few sessions, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think well, a lot of us have probably been injured in our time um, over the years, and like like Mika said, I'm I'm personally on the fence um, as to whether I find it valuable or not. Um, but certainly, again, you alluded to it, Mika. Like for the mental side of things, like it feels like you know you're getting out and doing something as well. So that's kind of a good thing, and and why I did it when I was injured. So. Um, especially if you're getting your heart rate up that high, like of course it's going to add some aerobic benefit, uh, you know, and and hopefully keep it, keep a bit of fitness whilst you're still, yeah, obviously on the comeback. But like where, so last time we spoke last week, you mentioned you might be able to ride soon. Where are you at with that? Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm about to do a bike ride uh, tomorrow. Um, on on the on the indoor trainer. I'm already riding my bike to the swimming pool, so my city bike, um, which works really well, mainly because um, I can uh, like pedal with uh, without the forefoot um, on the pedal, just at the very back of the foot. I I touch the pedal, and this way, like the calf and the uh, fibula, doesn't have to have to work at all basically so that's very fine um but i mean my cleat position is very far backwards uh, anyway and yeah i mean on the indoor trainer i won't have to stand up then i can report how it went uh, next week but yeah i'm super excited for it already and yeah then i mean i can swim uh aqua drop do gym and and uh, ride my bike which uh, I think is, is, is going to improve my mental state uh, a lot. Um, so I hopefully uh, will feel like an athlete again. Because like last week, uh, yeah, I don't don't have much training training to report. Yeah, I swam uh, five times, I think, uh, or did some kind of gym work every day. Uh, so either some nothing where like the, the leg has to move. So yeah. Just some uh, very light core work, um, and also yeah, also there um, mainly to that I get to do something at all. Um, but it's also fun to see improvements there actually. So uh, in a normal training phase, I also I mean you've heard it here on the pod. Uh, I also stretched quite a bit. Um, but yeah, when you really focus on it, and when you don't have like other training load, I feel like um, then. Yeah, uh, the benefits are, are really big there, and because otherwise you stretch, that then you have a session, and then your muscles are t- are tight again uh, after the session. Yeah, the improvements aren't that big, but yeah, right now I stretch, I lay on the couch, and I can stretch again. So uh, yeah, right now like the improvements are are pretty big, and it's also also fun to see. Um, yeah, I try to find uh, the positive things wherever I can. And I, Mika, keep it up. And yeah, wish you again a speedy recovery. So now, uh, last topic of the day, let's talk about um, Ibiza, about uh, the start list. What do you guys think? Any any surprises um, on, on the start list or not on the start list? Yeah, I'd say probably more not, no. Like I, I would have expected... Um... Well, yeah, Long and Lionel, particularly on the men's side, to be here. Um, 
you know, I, I, I don't think there's many opportunities in the year you can have to, to, to race for a hundred thousand dollars. And for sure when they're on the start line, like they're definitely a chance, right? They're, you know, they're definitely in with a shot of, of winning the race. So it's a little bit, uh, yeah, I don't know why, I guess they, they're not racing. I, I don't know whether you guys have seen, I don't know whether they've come out and said anything, but I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. But I was a bit surprised they're not on there. Um, and I, I thought Gomez might've been on there as well, but I'm not sure where, where he's at, but um, yeah, certainly long in line are those are the two surprises to not be there. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, I didn't do Edmonton, but um, in Dallas, like Long got himself to the front line, I was pretty much there. So they, they can feature, but um, yeah, I guess there's St. George the same weekend. So that's probably a big race for them. Um, yeah, same question about Gomez, but obviously I know he's recovering from his injury last year. So maybe he just isn't quite ready. But imagine if, if Gomez was on the start line with... I guess with the wild cards that have been added as well, like that's probably one of the most stacked fields I've ever seen. So, yeah, re really excited about it. Like, um, yeah, it, it's going to be great. And I think the, the women's actually looks even kind of stronger than the men's in a way because I think have they got all the top ten there? I yeah. I think they have, which is going to be a really good race. And we're going first aren't we so it'll be good to see that race unfold when we cross the line if we're in any state to kind of watch it I don't know <laughs> but um, yeah I, I'm kind of I'm buzzing for it like I've I've never raced Jan before which is pretty cool like he's obviously one of these these legends in triathlon so that'd be that'd be awesome to be on the line with him not even in, did you race Jan in short course no no I don't think I did um no, I, I I don't. He never raced French Grand Prix or anything. So I, I he I think he he left after he left short course after twenty twelve, didn't he? I think, mm. uh, and that's when I was kind of getting into short course. So twenty thirteen, I think. Was it twenty thirteen? Uh, may, maybe, but I I'd have to look back, and I definitely wasn't featuring at all. So um, yeah, that that's going to be pretty cool um but yeah i i think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic about how it's going to go um predicting like a, a fast swim but obviously there's there's firepower all around um so i, I actually have no idea how it's going to go any any thoughts freddie yeah first of all to to lionel and sam um i mean lionel i think couldn't train for three weeks mm. or something like that after miami I mean, I, I watched some of his YouTube YouTube content. Uh, so there I can kind of understand that he doesn't want to travel to, to Europe when he's not in his uh, his best shape. But for Sam Long or uh, Jackson Laundry, um, I can't really uh, relate that they are not, not racing. I mean, I personally would travel around the world to race the best in the world because that's why I'm doing the sport. So... Um, yeah, don't don't really understand why they are not racing, but well, I mean, I'm I'm sure they they have the reasons. <laughs> yeah, fair. I, I I forgot about I forgot that Jackson wasn't on the star list either. I, the only the only thing I can think of is that they're um seventy point three Saint George is is it North American champs? Is that right? Yeah. Or is it just a? It's a yeah North American champs. So it's a it's a obviously it's a pretty big race for them, right? But like you mentioned, Freddie. Um, yeah, how many opportunities will we get, you know, racing this type of field? 
with this sort of money on the line and the points, you know, that these, the, the PTO ranking points from, from these races will be, will be huge. So yeah. Anyway, they're, I guess they're missing out. Hopefully is our gain. <laughs> yeah. And also like overall, when you, when you watch the start list, I think it will be some crazy, uh, swim and bike power in that race. Like you, you for example, Aaron, but then you got uh, Jan, you got uh, Sam Laidlow, Florian Angard. Uh, so I'm overall so many, like the swim and bike uh, power is, is going to be crazy. Mm. Like I think there will be a huge front pack. Yeah. But we, we got the, we got the, um, I don't, are we allowed to say that <laughs> what, what we've got for the race? <laughs> I don't what want to spoil anything. Uh, the, uh, I think the, we can. Draft, drafting device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um, Just to keep it honest, I guess, to, to make sure that everyone's sitting 12 metres. Um, uh, did you use it? No, have you used it yet? 20, 20 Sorry, did I say 12? 12. Yeah. Sorry, 20. Yeah. I, I, have a, I have a theory that it's going to be quite stochastic because with the downhills, I mean, especially going into the roundabouts, I think people are going to come into the drafting zone, which, I mean, maybe the referees, because sometimes I remember in, in some races are like, obviously with certain sections, if you're hitting a roundabout, I don't know, 50, 60 plus K an hour, it's going to be dangerous, like it's going to come together a bit. So I'm hoping we're going to get briefed on what the kind of situation is there. Um, but I, I even think even if, I think people are going to have to overtake more if they find they're in the drafting zone. Um, I think it's going to be like maybe lots of overtaking unless people can like really judge it well. Uh, I'm not really sure, but uh, it, it, I, I'm quite looking forward to kind of racing with that device. It's going to be good. Yeah, it would be definitely a really good experience. I think actually for, for 20 meter, um, in my in my opinion, it makes more sense than for 12 meter because for 12 meter, I'm a... Afraid. I mean, there were a few races now in uh, Oceania um, where they tested it, and I think it went quite well. But I think for twelve meter, I would say that the, the athletes start to use actually use out the twelve meter, because you know exactly then how much twelve meter is. You know, you know what I mean. So for twenty meter, I mean anyway, the, the draft is not as huge. But when you um, like, I personally also have like. Uh, well, 15 to 20 meter gap, even when, when there's like 12 meter rule, just to make sure I'm out of the drafting zone because like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fair athlete, but like if I would know, okay, um, I can actually go closer. The, the light is still, um, is still green. So I can actually go closer Then I would probably also use it out and go really close to, to 12 meter, obviously. So I think for, for 12 meter rule races, it would, might be better to actually switch off the light. So the athlete doesn't know if that's possible. I mean, that's that's my opinion. Well, I I, I agree to a, to a certain extent. I, I certainly think using it in twelve meter races is actually going to close the distance that most people have because I think, like you said, it's really hard to judge twelve meters, and so most people give a little bit more. I mean, I think it's hard to judge twelve or twenty meters. Like, I think we're all kind of guessing when we've got our head down trying to keep aero. It is quite hard to judge. But like, I really, yeah, I think that in a 12 meter race, so an Ironman race, um, the race ranger will actually close the gaps a little bit because like you said, Freddie, um, I think most people at the moment are erring on the side of caution and, and giving more gaps, more more space. So yeah, we really definitely a, a nice experience and wonder how it will turn out. 
Mika, what uh, because you you're not racing, um, what are, what are your predictions for for the men and women top three in Ibiza? Well, uh, I think you gotta put him on the spot. Yeah, I think you gotta gotta ask me uh, the question again in, in two weeks' time. Uh, I mean, I'm super excited for uh, the races coming up this this weekend. Um, actually, like seeing how how Aaron does uh, and it's also cool for me because last last year I raced uh, Grand Canaria as well so looking forward to it um, as well but uh, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you really put me on the spot Come on, you can you, you can speak speak your mind maker we with no hard feelings okay uh, so <laughs> yeah Let, let's start with you guys um I'm I'm gonna go for oh man so tough um <laughs> I'd say uh yeah uh I won't go with like the uh uh the very obvious predictions maybe uh I mean I say uh, Alistair's gonna win uh I mean it's fairly obvious but I think not everyone's gonna say it um Because yeah, maybe flying under the, the radar a bit, but I think like when he's on form, uh, he's still he's still the best. Um, and I hope uh, he he's gonna make it to the start line. So when he's uh, at the start line, uh, I think uh, he's gonna win. Also, like looking at looking at the course, um, yeah, I I think he he can uh, and for sure he wants to win. Then uh, second place, uh, I go for Jan. Um, yeah, really excited to see him. Also, if he's gonna make it to the start line, obviously. Uh, also, not not too sure about this one. And then third place, uh, one of you guys. Um, very tough to say, but no, honestly, I think um, like two of you are gonna make the top um, top six. I'd say so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really convinced. Uh, The two of you are going to be in the top six. Um, so yeah, these are my, my predictions. <laughs> I just want, just want to add with like these big races when they have such a stacked field, there will mm -hmm. be so many blow ups or yeah, may, maybe not DN DNFs because I don't know how it's with the price money, but um, yeah, definitely a lot of blow ups. And I think like if you can actually able to uh, yeah, perform. On that day, or show show your uh, your fitness and shape. I think it will be good. Yeah. Just because, like, on, of these on these big races, it's just always like it's a huge fight. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm just gonna go for a solid day out. To be fair, so like I'm, I'm just learning still with this sort of thing. So I just I just want to kind of be proud of my swim bike and run. So I'm not I'm not hiding any really high places. I just want to be consistent and happy with my results so like i'm trying to take the pressure off myself a bit but that's how i kind of raise my best so that that's kind of how i feel but i think it sounds like uh you freddie and aaron have been training pretty well so definitely um yeah i'm well i'm excited to see us all race to be honest it should be good yeah yeah aaron is also going for a, a solid training day out and taking a five <laughs> minute uh, recovery in t2 for his run the bike <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well 
Yeah, what were we saying the other day? It's only it's only worth if you'd have a five minute T two. What is it about a three minutes <laughs> penalty or something like that? You can I don't know. Not saying I'm getting a penalty, but yeah, five minutes in T two. It's only worth three minutes in fract actually. Yeah, something like that. I think we said. <laughs> um, should we should we finish off um with the with the women's? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, there I'm going going for uh Lucy for the win. Um, then second place, uh, Ash, and hmm? oh, oh, there's two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a young British guy who yeah. who's uh, I'm imagining you mean Lucy yeah, Charles. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, second place, Ash, and third place, Laura Philip. Um, so yeah, I mean. Uh, Annie was was super strong uh, on Lazarotti, of course, but I think uh, yeah she's gonna struggle or sh- like she's gonna get gapped on the bike, and I can't see her like uh, catching catching uh, the other strong girls uh, on the run. So yeah, but also there, I'm really looking forward to it uh, and see them see them perform. I mean, as you said, uh, I think the the women's start field is maybe even more stacked than the men's. Uh, so yeah, for sure, for sure, not less stacked. So yeah, gonna be really cool, but it's also gonna be super tough for me to watch. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mika. Do we do we want to? Should we all give out before we go? Should we all give our women's predictions? Top three. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, we can. Just have to open the the start list. The start list. Um, it's on the you go to the the pro triathlon org uh, Instagram page is like five down. So I've got it up there now. Um, So I'll go, I'm going to say Ashley for the win to make it three from three and um, three PTO races from three. Then I'll go Chelsea Sedaro for second and Laura Phillip for third. That's my three. I think it'll be, Ash, Ashley Gentle for first, Anna Haug second, and Lucy Charles third. Damn it! I, I want to say exactly the same. <laughs> I still, I still take take Ashley for the win. Um, then I take uh, I say Laura, Laura Philip for uh, second, and uh, Chasey Sodaro for third. Not bad shots. But it's, it's it's really really hard. Like yeah, like for the woman, it's it's crazy. I mean, for the men as well. So I think we we can give uh, some some talk more about the race and give uh, some more accurate predictions when we approach uh, race week. Then we maybe also know who really starts and who doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully uh, everyone will will make it to the start line who's who's on the list. So yeah, yeah, I um yeah, hope everyone has a a good week. And I guess we'll chat next week. Hopefully on Monday, I've had a had a good race, and we can chat about our week. And hopefully, I'll I'll, I'll be on regardless to give a bit of a recap, I guess, of, of how the race went as well. Yeah. Good luck, Aaron. Have a good one. Yeah. All the best for Challenge Grand Canaria, Aaron. I predict yeah. you for the win there. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> All right. Then. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Ciao. See you next week. Bye.